Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. I'm Redbeard. This is Targo. How the heck are you doing, buddy? I am freaking fantastic, my friend. How are you doing yeah. on this a beautiful afternoon? I know. It's finally not a million degrees outside. It's fantastic. I absolutely hot, love it. But not a I'm having a great day, <laughs> you know, and I'm here drinking beer with my best friend. So there you go. What are you drinking today? I am drinking Top Rung Brewing Company, Lacey Lager. Mm. Clean, crisp, crushable, and easy drinking American lager. It's got a little description on the back. I might as well give it a read. It says, Lacey Lager is a crisp and clean with a nice lager finish. This classic beer features a light, bready aroma and high carbonation, which delivers a snappy finish to be enjoyed by those new to the beer scene and connoisseurs alike. Which, I think we're connoisseurs at this point, are we not? I would say so. Yeah, it's a light beer. Yeah. Honestly, similar to a Bud Light Coors Light. (laughs) Was hoping for more there, Lacey Lager. (laughs) Disappointed, but easy drinker, that's for sure. All that build up for that. I know. (laughs) For Bud Light. For Bud Light. Bud Light knockoff, yeah. Well, um, I'm drinking Hopworks Brewing uh, Beer Time Pilsner. Since 2008. Uh, Does not have a fun description on it. So... I'm not going to build everybody up for disappointment. <laughs> I will say I had another drink and it's it's a little better. It, it this this also a little, a little bit more this flavor. Also, is a light beer. It's meh, meh, meh. <laughs> well, give us your red beard, beautiful description of it that you always do. It's light and crisp, like a pilsner. Tastes like a generic pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> Great description. It, Great right? I'm like, there's <laughs> not much so there. It's, original and creative, it, but not yeah, white pilsner. It, yeah. Yeah, it's a pilsner. It, it tastes like a. I mean, Budweiser's a lager, but it, it tastes. It's crisp and refreshing and light. Cools you off on a hot summer day. Literally. Literally nothing else to write home about. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Targo, football is back. It's coming back. Coming back. This is our uh, Community Shield preview, as well as the news in football, which seems to be every five minutes right now. It's nuts. It is. By the time this comes Uh, out, we're behind. (laughs) Yeah. Already, so we'll give you as up to date as we can be. But Fabrizio Romano's working overtime, so his ten cell phones laying on the table there, going through them all. Probably all his contacts. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, man. This is I don't either. Uh, and then we're gonna go over Messi mania, Messi mania. How his move to the MLS, what what it'll mean for. America and sports in America, what it means for Messi, how it compares to Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia, and more. So without further ado, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Redbubble. Links below in the description. All right, news, Targo. News, 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 news. news. All right. 
Bayern Munich and Arsenal are in negotiations to sign David Raya from Brentford. They want 40 mil for him as Matt Turner is also in, in negotiations to join Nottingham Forest. Thoughts? My thoughts on that. So if Matt Turner does leave Nottingham Forest, Arsenal need a backup. I don't think David Raya is a backup, man. I think he's a first choice keeper. I think he gives Ramsdale a real run for his money. I think he's. I think that's. I think that's why Arteta wants to sign him. More But I also think Bayern Munich need a goalkeeper. They got rid of Jan Sommer. They're looking to get rid of Jan Sommer. Mm-hmm. Manuel Neuer has had his injuries, so we'll see if you know. Obviously, Manuel Neuer is going to be the first choice keeper there. One would think. Mm-hmm. But David Raya would be a fantastic backup to Manuel Neuer, who's gotten some injuries of uh, late. So yeah. could be seeing a lot of first-time action there at Bayern Munich. David Raya, if he goes. Yeah, and I mean, Bayern Munich are also said to be in talks with David De Gea, who is a free agent, so wouldn't have paid anything for him. That sounds more like Bayern Munich style. Yeah, with Jan Sommer um, in negotiations to go to Inter. So they do need a backup. Both teams, their backups are looking to leave. And David, David Raya, for me, is definitely not a backup. No, he's I, not. I, I agree. And if Arsenal were to sign him, that's some mighty tough competition there. you got two world-class goalkeepers on your bench, and not even Manchester City has that. So, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> some competition. Yeah, that's what I said, man. Same yeah. competition there for Ramsdale and for Raya if he goes. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Uh, but I Bayern Munich at the same time. It's Manuel Neuer, I guess he's getting older, like you said. Injury prone as well. He might be, you know, skiing accidents too. Doesn't have to just be on the field. I, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting one. Not sure if that move happens. That, that one yeah. seems a little out there, but it'd be interesting if it did. That's for sure. It, it would be. It would be. Isco, remember him? Felt oh, like yesterday he was playing for uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> and uh, he signed for Real Betis on a free transfer. He was a free agent for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he tried to go to was it Union Berlin? Mm-hmm. And he failed his medical. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. What a fall from grace for him. Uh, Marco Verratti is in discussions to sign for Al Halal. PSG won over thirty mil for him. I mean, it's he's what thirty two now. Somewhere I think he's there? something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that move probably makes sense. I mean, yeah. he hasn't featured a whole lot for PSG recently, mm-hmm. and so I think that could make make sense. Yeah, he's I only agree. thirty. So oh, okay. But, I mean, like I said, we haven't seen him much. The guy's injury-prone like no other. Yeah, so move Saudi Arabia, one final big payday, I think might be good for him. Probably getting a big payday there at PSG, too, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. same, 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 but different. It's a bigger payday. (laughs) (laughs) Manchester United finally got the striker they were looking for as they have signed Atalanta striker Rasmus Hoyland for 70-plus million euros. Taking Eric Ten Hag's spending since joining Man United just over a year ago to 400 million. Just Is it 400 right- million? 
Yeah. What's he bought? Four hundred million Euro- euros. Four hundred million euros. Okay, well, how still? Who's he bought that's cost four hundred million? Besides, you got Lissandro, Anthony, now Hoyland. Yeah. Um, Malasia. Yeah. Those four players or five players cost four hundred million. I guess so. I I didn't make up the numbers. <laughs> Who's your source? Who's my source? Sky Sports. They need to okay. work on their math. <laughs> Anyways, if that is true, uh, that's more than Jurgen Klopp has spent in his seven years at Liverpool. No, I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah. After buying Van Dyke and Darwin Nunez, that were like almost 100 mil each. Yeah. Well, that's wild if that's true. That is from Sky Sports is my source. If they're wrong about it, then they're wrong about it. Don't blame the messenger. Anyways. <laughs> what do you make of that move then? Is that Man United's missing link? Are they now going to be title contenders? I mean, what what's the deal? I like Rasmus Hoyland. I don't know if he fits the style of play for Manchester United. Uh, he's great with his link-up play. I mean, he's young. He's promising. I think, personally, I saw a couple of jokes online about... Uh, they went for someone, you know, who's got a similar name to Holland, Holland, Hoyland. Both have blonde hair. They're both strikers. They're both young. That's both Norwegian. Uh, I think he's, I thought he's Danish. Is he Danish? I thought he was Norwegian. Hoyland? Let me look that up. Let's see. You are correct. Either way. You are correct. I, I'm interested to see how he fits in at Man United, and I think he's got tremendous potential. It's just if Ten Hag can get the best out of him. And he seems so to they, do that with a lot of his players, so it could be. Are they, are they title contenders now? If Hoyland can score 20 goals, yes. How many goals did he score last season at Atalanta? It was like 14. 16 somewhere. I don't think it was that many, man. If I'm being honest with you. Let's see. He scored six. Okay. Well, never mind then. He also has six goals in Euro qualifiers for Denmark. And so that, that, I'll give you my take on it. Hoyland, yes, he's young, raw talent. It's it's there, and he's twenty years old, but don't expect him to be like Holland at all. No, no, Honestly, no. I <laughs> I don't think he solves United's problems. He's not. He, I think he needs more experience. One, again, coming to the Premier League, it's going to be quicker than Serie A. Much. He's got he's got the pace. He's got the trickery. You know, he's he's a good player. That's for sure. But I don't think this all of a sudden launches Man United into title conversations at all. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, with Hoyland, I think it's going to be a year or two before we even see him used to the Premier League. Let alone. But that's the thing, man. At Manchester United, you don't get a year or two. I mean, yeah. they've, they spent $70 million on him. He's supposed to be their guy. Yeah. I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't want to see him flop. I don't either. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think especially from what we've seen at Man United with, you know, Jaden Sancho and Anthony with these exorbitant moves and price tags put on their head, they've kind of flopped, both of them. Jaden Sancho definitely hasn't. Anthony, I mean, it's been only a year, but I think he has. I, I give Anthony another season. Um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll give him two seasons, but yeah, as far as Hoyland's concerned, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see. but I, I don't think it's the, the best signing Man United could have made. If I'm being honest with you, there's a lot, a lot of more proven strikers out there. You could have got for 70 plus million. So the big price tag for, it reminds me a lot of the Mudrick deal. If I'm a little bit, there's going to be some expectations though, with that kind of price tag. Mm-hmm. He's got the raw talent, just like Mudrick does, but is he, is it a finished article? How much work needs to go into it? How much better can he really get? How does he you know, stand up to the blistering pace and physicality of the Premier League? And the pressure, honestly. And I think that's going to be the big issue. Manchester United, yeah. He's at a big huge. club now at Manchester United, not in City of uh, Atlanta. No disrespect to them, but Manchester there's going to be pressure. Are much, much larger club. Speaking of large clubs and legends, Manchester City legend David Silva has announced his retirement from football after his latest ACL injury. What Poor a great way to go out, man! Was. I know, but what a player! What a, I, yeah, I was watching some highlights of him here recently. Man, he was such a fantastic player. Guy could yeah, put a yeah. pass, take a shot, dribble around players. He was he was amazing. One of the best for me. For me, I feel like he was. Santi Corzola, if Santi Corzola could have stayed healthy. I don't think Santi Corzola could have reached David Silva Heights. Very similar players. They're both silky smooth on the ball, but man, David Silva was special. Yes, yes, he was. So wish him luck in retirement. Yeah, I do too. PSG have activated Usman Dembele's release clause of $50 million. Uh, by the time this episode airs, uh, his release clause will have changed to $100 million, uh, which is on July 31st. So it's up to him to decide. Barcelona have a new contract offer on the table. PSG are in negotiation to sign him. Which one do you choose if you're Usman Dembele? If I'm Usman Dembele, that's a tough choice. I think I probably want to stay at Barcelona. I think he should stay at Barcelona. Having watched them recently in some of these preseason friendlies against Arsenal and Real Madrid, he looked he, he looked pretty good, good, if I'm being yeah. honest. Finally against Arsenal, he was fitness. their he was their biggest threat in the second mm-hmm. half, and then he scored a fantastic goal against Real Madrid. And so I think if you're Xavi, you're you're trying to keep a hold of Usman Dembele. He will have to yeah. fight for his spot. I think Xavi probably prefers Rafinha to him. Yeah. Just from Dembele's injury woes he's had over the years. So those are it's my been thoughts. been a lot. He's been hurt very have, often. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. If I would stay – well, I mean, PSG is a mess. So I don't know if you'd want to leave Barcelona to go to that, first off. Second, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's got the world at his feet at Barcelona. Oh, so he can why, light up. Yeah. La Liga. He's staying mm-hmm. healthy, man. So, signing if they offered you a new contract, I would take it. And say no, I don't want to go to PSG. 
All right. Bayern Munich executives have flown to London to try to seal a deal for Harry Kane after the sale of Sadio Mane to Al Nasir. They're looking to use that $40 million they got for him to add on to the transfer fee already offered to Spurs to see if they can't pry away Harry Kane. Think he'll get it done? Hopefully, man. I hope so for Harry Kane's sake and for Bayern Munich's sake. I think Tottenham... I mean, they'll, they'll have to use that money to go buy someone. We'll see who they start looking after. It's it's going to take a lot to replace Harry Kane. I, you, you can't replace Harry Kane. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. You can't replace Harry Kane. No. But you can do a lot with 100 mil. You can do a lot, yep. So we'll see. But let's let's see if they get it done. I, ho- I hope they do. I hope they do, too. Um, at, I mean, speaking of missing winks... Bayern Munich with Harry Kane, Champions League favorites, potentially. I would still have to look at Man City, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, Bayern Munich would be scary with Harry Kane. Just potentially, saying. yeah. Oh, especially right. now, yeah. You're not wrong. Now that Bayern Munich, they got Kim Min Jae. Mm-hmm. If they can get either David Raya or David De Gea, I think those are. Great, fantastic backups yeah. to Manuel Neuer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you might be onto something there. All right, Mohamed Kudus is wanted by Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man United. It's been reported that his preferred destination is Arsenal, but Chelsea are the only ones to put in an offer for him so far. Do you think he goes to Chelsea? You think they end up pulling the trigger and getting him? So I think Chelsea are currently preoccupied with Moises Caicedo. I don't see Arsenal going in for him unless they sell someone. Although I do think he'd be fantastic competition for Bukayo Saka on that right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, I I do feel like they got quite a bit of wingers, man. I, they, I think they need to focus more on that midfield, which I think they are yeah. with Moises Caicedo. And then Manchester United, I mean, <laughs> they just keep buying right wingers, man. Sancho, <laughs> Anthony, might as well get Kudas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he can play attacking mid, too, more of a number 10. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't see him really fitting at Chelsea. I, I just, they need some more, they need more of a you know, number six, a holding mid, um, or a box-to-box midfielder, because right now they... Yeah, they need so someone, they need Moises Caicedo is who they need. Yeah, yeah, it, I mean, that's the one that just makes sense. However, you know, Brighton are going to play a hard ball. And with the Declan Rice transfer, they want a hundred mil. They won't accept anything less, and they would prefer to keep him. Yes, they would. All right, back to Saudi Arabia and uh, what seems to be the never-ending uh, waterfall of players. I don't know. It's a lot, and this isn't even players this time. Al Ali has is set to appoint Matthias Jassel, uh, the coach of RB Salzburg, as their new coach. As he was fired, I believe, last Friday from Salzburg. So, uh, Fabrizio Romano reporting that one. Yeah, I think that's what Saudi Arabia needs to do, man. And I know, you know, ugh, let me get it out. They're they're getting all these players, <laughs> but I think what they really need to invest in is some coaches. Yeah, they they do. And there's a whole bunch of things that need to happen over there. And we'll get into that in a little bit. We will get into that. Yeah. 
My favorite part of all of this news. Yep, you had to get it in there, didn't you? I had to. The legendary Arsenal manager, Arsene Wenger, has finally received a statue outside the Emirates Stadium for his outstanding contributions to the club. Honestly, I mean, he's, one would argue, second best manager in the history of the Premier League. Only one to win. What? Said could be third here. We'll see what Pep accomplishes. Yeah. I mean, Jose will also have a say in that, but. Yeah, he's definitely up there in the greatest of all time as far as coaches go. Premier League, worldwide. Time in the Premier League wins, overall wins, stuff like that. Yeah, he's definitely one of the top. This little tiny thing called the Invincible Season. So, little golden golden trophy that no one else has. No big deal. (laughs) It's not not really that important. (laughs) Reminiscent about the past 20 years ago. I I know. I know. And it didn't end very well, so it's good to see. Him get a statue. All right. Southampton and Liverpool have agreed on a fee of 42 million pounds plus add-ons for Romeo Lavia. Much needed because uh, they just lost Fabinho to Al Etihad. So they really don't even – like they lost half their midfield. Three quarters Anderson of it. and Fabinho, yeah. They got, they got Tiago. Chamberlain, Navi Keita left. Yeah. <laughs> Where's all the midfielders? They got McAllister. And Tiago. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I mean, you can throw Curtis Jones in there. Or Pitch. And then you got, you know, if Trent Alexander-Arnold plays in the midfield instead of at right back, but then you need a right back. So I'm interested to see how Liverpool lines up next season. If they keep. Well, I think they'll line up with Trent at right back, but he'll invert into that midfield. Yeah. But I think good signing for Lavia. He'll get playing Great. time at Liverpool, yeah. it looks like. So, yeah. That is for sure, and I think it's a great signing for them. He's a young, young player, man. A lot of time ahead of him, and they'll get him from – I mean, he hasn't even reached his full potential yet, so it only gets better. Speaking of the opposite of that, Callum hudson Adoy, the opposite. The opposite uh, of getting better. He's set to join <laughs> Fulham after Chelsea agreed for a fee of a reported – I've heard various reports of somewhere between 4 and £8 million, pounds, which is crazy – because three years ago, Chelsea rejected a £70 million offer from Bayern Munich for him. That's wild. What, what a fall. What a fall from grace. Was was he even at Chelsea last year? Was he on loan somewhere? He was on loan, yeah. I think I've, he was in Germany. I've watched him play a few times. I'll be honest with you. He's just been injured one, or he goes out on loan. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that one season where he was flying high for Chelsea and... Bayern Munich came a calling and they said, nope. <laughs> they said, 100 mil, take it or leave it. For a guy who was unproven. And clearly, Bayern Munich got the better of that deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last but not least, West Ham are in talks to sign Bayern Munich midfielder Leon Goretzka to replace Declan Rice. A fee of 40 to 50 million pounds has been um, touted. Whatever. Uh, and Sky Sports is the one also reporting that one. What a signing that would be for West Ham to replace Declan Rice if they got it done. If they can get it done. I think that's the big one. I don't think Goretzka wants to leave Bayern Munich is the thing. That's what I've yeah. heard. But it would yeah, be fantastic heard, signing. Too. Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, 
replace a world-class midfielder with a world-class midfielder. So, all right. Well, that's uh, the up-to-date transfers as of when we're recording this, and it's probably already out of date. So, <laughs> thanks, Fabrizio Romano. You're the reason we still have jobs, regular jobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Messi mania, man. Messi to Miami. It's official. He's now played a couple games. So that way we can digest the differential and skill. Uh, But what is it really going to mean for not only the MLS, but America? And who will have a greater impact on the respective leagues? Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi? And then uh, also... Personally, I don't think uh, the United States is ready for a star of his nature, but we'll discuss whether or not they are and if it's even remotely possible that they could be out of their depth. Okay. So, Targo, what is the difference between Cristiano going to Saudi Arabia and Messi to America? All right, well, I'll start with Cristiano going to Saudi Arabia. I think the biggest difference is no one really talked about the Saudi Arabia League until Ronaldo went, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. He's put Saudi Arabia in the forefront. Whether he's the one driving all these players who are going is another question. You know, he was kind of the first big star, I would say. And as we've seen this summer, a lot of them are going that way. One heck of a domino effect, that is for sure. And so, you know, is that the Ronaldo effect? Could be. Could be just the money they're offering the players. I, I think, think it, yeah, it's the money. I, <laughs> I think Ronaldo has had an effect, honestly. I think oh, yeah. for sure, because oh, yeah. obviously we're talking about it. We started talking about it when he moved. Mm-hmm. Other people are talking about it. Other people are watching Saudi Arabia highlights now. I mean, there's still the, the gossip going on around Ronaldo and what he says and does in Saudi Arabia. And so he's getting eyes and ears and attention to that league, which it desperately needs to to grow. Yeah. Versus Messi is coming to the MLS, which has already had, I would say, big stars. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say De- David Beckham was the first real big superstar to come to MLS. Yes. You know, then you've had the likes of Henri, Pirlo... Rooney, Ibrahimovic. So, you know, you've had those names. You've even had a couple stars come in their prime. You know, Sebastian Giov... Also. What's that? It's a Drogba, also. Drogba, what? Was he in Arizona? I don't even know if he was Uh, MLS. Montreal. But then you had some big stars like Sebastian Giovinco, who he came in Mm -hmm. his prime from Mm -hmm. Juve. I would say Jordan Shakiri has come before he was up there in age. Mm -hmm. And so... I would say the MLS was more established. Uh, you know, they they already had their failed league where they kind of tried to throw all the money into it. And so I think they've kind of learned from that mistake. And so they've tried to grow it a little bit more grassroots, starting with youth programs, getting good coaches, building culture. And then you can kind of attract these bigger stars to come to the league. And of course, it helps when you can offer them a good amount of money in their later years versus in Europe, they're... They're not going to get that kind of money. No. And so those are my thoughts. I think 
What was your question again? <laughs> I guess those are the differences. <laughs> yeah, just the differences between the two. I mean, the Saudi League, yeah, they're spending exorbitant amounts of money. Apparently, they have $17 billion to spend in the next three years on players, which is insane. The MLS, on the other hand, the structure they have, it's more like most American sports leagues where they have a salary cap, except they have these designated players where yep. the league actually picks up their salary. So as long as the league says it's okay, they can pay them whatever they want. Uh, but, as, I mean, the difference for me, the Saudi League's not televised. There's throwing money at people. Yes, they're starting to attract big names, but, I mean, I would go too if it was for that kind of money. And they're getting that, players the who are stages. not over the hill. I mean, you think of Ruben oh, Neves, yeah. man. I feel like he could have gone to a, a big club, and yeah. he chose to go to Saudi Arabia, with, which was... Same with Milinkovic Savage. Yeah. I mean, even... I feel like Riyad Mahrez mm-hmm. had another two or three years in him. I mean, he looked fantastic last season for Man City. He did. And, yeah, it, Edward Mendy... I mean, the list goes on and on and on about all these players that they've signed and that are not even over the hill. Like Most of them are still in their prime. So I just, for me, it's more of the, just the amount of money that they're throwing at players. Cristiano Ronaldo arrived in the Saudi league at arguably the lowest point in his entire career where no one would pay his wages except for Saudi Arabia. And it's not televised. Yes. You're getting people looking up the highlights, but I mean, I've watched one of the friendlies that they played and they're awful. Well, and and that's kind of goes back, like I said, to the youth system, man, this is going to take time. You know, I I think they want it to be an overnight sensation, Mm -hmm. which is why they're spending all this money on players, but it's not, it can't sustain that way unless they want to have good coaching youth, you know, good youth Youth systems. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be like China. You know, you'll have two, three years where you spend a lot of money and then it, it dies off. I was just going to say that (laughs) it reminds me a lot of when China, their league came and started trying to sign all these players and they got a couple, but after a couple of years, you don't hear anything about it anymore. So, yeah, Uh, but you're, you're right. There's definitely a buzz about the Saudi Arabian league, but the MLS has been around for a while. It's televised. They got big contracts. I mean, it was on ESPN. Now it's on Apple. And I'll be honest with you, I think Apple has done more in six months of having the MLS than ESPN ever did. So Sucks for us people who don't have Apple, though. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd be like me and have it. So <laughs> Now i got to watch highlights or catch yeah. the odd game that's on you know, that's TV. Okay. That's okay. Everybody that goes to see Messi only shows up for Messi. Because as we saw in the last Inter-Miami game against Atlanta, they left as soon as he got subbed off the field. Almost everybody left. So people are just there to see him. Not to see the football played on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. I mean, you've seen all the other stars, you know, movie stars, athletes Mm -hmm. go to see see Messi, man. I mean, he's a GOAT. He is. He, I mean, he's the greatest player. And, I mean, he's kind of shown it in these past two performances. A couple performances, you know, a couple <laughs> right. goals, free kick, last-minute winner. I mean, 
three goals and an assist in two games. But yeah, that free kick was nuts. So, yeah, I, MLS has a massive following in the United States. It's got history. Big names, like you said, have been here. Messi joined at, you know, what would be called the peak of his career. I'm not saying peak as far as, like, skill, youthful exuberance. You could go on and on. But he just won a World Cup. He's still the great, the best player on earth. He did win a World Cup, and then he did get booed at PSG. Yeah, well, their fans are crazy. So I, I don't his, know if I would call it his peak. Stats. You saw his stats for PSG. Don't get me wrong. Yes, they were wrong to boo him. Yeah. And he still had fantastic. It's not, again, those are fantastic stats. But then you remember you're years also, past where, you know, he's scoring 60 goals. League, so. <laughs> so, yeah. 91 those are just crazy yeah. stats that yeah. apparently we've gotten accustomed to when we think of Messi. And it, it's yeah. unrealistic for him to keep doing that into his mid 30s. I mean, Tough. Or so we think. <laughs> or so we think. <laughs> at least in his mid-30s at the highest level in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, without a doubt, I mean, he is the biggest and most popular athlete in the world. And he could be considered the greatest of all time in not just football, but any sport. Arguably. That's a fun, that's plays, a, that's a fun argument. So you're saying, okay, yeah. over the LeBrons and Michael Jordans and... Tiger LeBron Woods isn't even in the conversation. Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, maybe. Tiger the Woods, Wayne Gretzky's, the Wayne Gretzky's, yeah, Tom Brady's, or there's a, there's a lot there's a lot you could do to compare. None of them have as many trophies as Messi does, though. Yeah, but you also think about it in football. They play in a lot more tournaments where you have an opportunity to win a lot more trophies. This is true. This is true. For example, NBA or NFL, you, you're playing for one trophy. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you go out and join the Olympics or something. I know they have the Olympics mm-hmm. for basketball. Yeah. Um Yeah. I he there's a lot of arguments to be made there, but he could be. He could be. That's arguably. I would say arguably. 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 <laughs> so why do you think Messi chose the United States and the MLS of all places. That Miami lifestyle, man. Duh. <laughs> That's not who Messi is. <laughs> he hated Paris, man. I think him and his family yeah. did not like Paris. No. They've come out and say they did not like the lifestyle, the just the at-home living. Miami's fun. It's a big city. Lots to do. Lots of stars. So. Lots of stars. You've seen them at the grocery stores and only a handful of people will recognize them. We've seen them getting pulled over for making wrong turns on the road. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it's messy, man. It's the U.S. It's Miami, fun city where he can in- enjoy his personal life. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it could definitely be for money as well. Uh, signed a two and a half year deal worth... 50 to 60 million a year option to buy a future stake in ownership of Inter Miami and then profit sharing with Apple and Adidas. So Yeah, that that's wild. They they yeah. I mean the U the M, not even the US. MLS and all the teams had to work to get Messi to this league. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't just one team. This was the entire league trying to get him here. 
You know, yeah. you had to have David Beckham sweet talking to him and then the MLS talking to the other teams trying to pay a messy tax, basically, right. is what they're all doing to get him here. And Apple has yeah. to offer subscriptions. So whenever someone new signs up, Messi gets a little piece of that action. I mean, but now that he's playing in the MLS and Apple carries MLS exclusively, it's quite a few people. It Oh, it for sure is. And so he's getting a nice paycheck. But I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's still not close to what Ronaldo or Benzema are making in Saudi Arabia. No, and that was that was what I was going to say after that. It was his contract offer from Saudi Arabia was like I think it was something crazy like 500 million a year. And so I mean it, it goes to show yeah, you can I guess at what point is do you have enough money? It's, it's true. Like how I many mean, if, if you have 10 you million really versus, need? you know, the 20 million or if he's getting 60 million a versus year? 200 yeah. million, I mean He's set up for life already. His children are set up for life already. I mean. <laughs> yeah, how much do you I, I really need? At what point do you realize I have enough money? I'd rather think about the lifestyle and where I want to live with my family and, you know, the things yeah. that I can do in this country or, you know, more of those kinds of things versus the money. Yeah, I mean, he did, you know, in his interview say that he did it to live more of a normal life. Normal. You know, as someone who has, you know, millions upon millions of dollars, is recognized everywhere he goes. But Miami does offer him that little bit of anonymity where he can kind of go around and do normal things that he wouldn't be able to do anywhere in Europe or South America. Well, really anywhere. It does. You know, I don't know how it is in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, but I'm, I'm guessing it would be fairly similar. Fairly, yeah. Um, but he, he's definitely the, I mean, he's the, the biggest star in any sport to ever land in the Western hemisphere. Again, like, that's arguably, but as far as football stars, yes. If you think about his global popularity versus any athlete ever, his brand is way bigger than anybody else's. So I think personally, I don't think the United States is ready for how just how big Messi coming to each individual stadium and city is going to be, how chaotic it's going to be, how many people are just going to flock to hotels, matches, practices, surround the buses. They're already seeing it in Miami. Imagine what's going to happen when they go to a place that has more of a, you know, football culture unlike Miami, because let me remind you, they are in last place. <laughs> they are the worst team in the league prior to Messi. <laughs> no one cared until now. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It, who, who talked about Inter-Miami? I mean, not us. being a shit team. <laughs> and now all of a sudden they got Messi, Busquets, and Jordi Alba, I think Andreas Iniesta, they're trying to get Luis Suarez. I mean, yeah. Ambitious signings, that's for sure. But as far as him being the biggest athlete, you know. In terms of popularity. In terms not, of popularity you, around the world, yes. yes. In terms of popularity that's, in the United is, States. That is what I meant. No. Because no, like you right. said, he can't have that anonymity. However you say that word. Anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> can't say anonymity. it. Anonymity. <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> 
he can he can get that you know i mean if he goes to play the columbus crew and goes out in columbus ohio i think he'll have that there if he, you know unless you're a football fan then you know the importance of messi then you know how big he is and what this means for you know football in the united states but if you're not if you're you know one of those guys that follows NFL or NBA and you happen to run across Messi, you probably wouldn't recognize him. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But unless you've seen, you know, how popular his pictures and videos are on Instagram. I mean, yeah, I think there's to be where people recognize people from these days. So. And so, yes, he's recognizable globally, but I would say not as much in the U S as other countries. But people will fly from and come here from all over the world just to see him. Uh, it's I think it's going to be nuts, but it's early days. So oh, knows? I think it'll be nuts as well. I mean, obviously you're going to get. I mean, stadiums are going to fill out yeah. to go see Messi away games. People people mm-hmm. don't want to see their home team; they want to see Messi. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I mean, remember when David Beckham came to the United States? Similar, yeah. not the same, but similar where people would just go to games to see him. And now so. also you have people in other countries tuning in to MLS highlights or to mm-hmm. watch MLS maybe, yeah. you know? And well, so it's, you think of how many people around the world have Apple subscriptions. It's so easy he's definitely, access for them. So he's definitely drawing a bigger crowd and more eyes to the MLS. Yes. And hopefully that's a good thing. And the, the football on the pitch can also be up Translate. to par with yeah. with what some of these <laughs> fans outside the United States are used to. Um, I'm going to go with not right now, but hopefully in the future. Yeah, it's better than what it's what it was in the past. It's like I said, this league is slowly growing and getting better. I mean, you've seen it here in the Seattle area when we got the Sounders into the MLS. All of a sudden, you know, football started to grow. We started getting a youth system versus those things weren't in place when we were playing. Man, there's no. no. No professional was, youth systems where you, where you had a journey to get to a professional league that mm-hmm. that wasn't around. No. <laughs> so I, yeah, it, it's it. The MLS has definitely transformed soccer in the United States. How it's perceived, how they do things as far as at the youth level. They've got some good coaches. Unfortunately. You know, the U.S. men's national team tends to hire all the American ones that are from New York and New Jersey and then poops them back out again. It's it's a broken system in the United States, but it's getting better. It's better than it was. Yes. And I think Messi Messi coming to the United States might change that even more or at least accelerate it. I think the one issue with U.S. soccer is you have to pay. costs money and it's expensive. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's very expensive. So, speaking of all eyes being on the MLS, uh, it seems as if Cristiano Ronaldo is sour about he himself not being in the spotlight. Why does he always compare himself to Messi? I mean, he came out and said that in the next five years, Saudi Arabian League will be in the top five leagues in the world, which means it'll have to surpass League A, the Eredivisie, probably kick out one of the top five right now. And I believe that is the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and is it the Eredivisie that's the fifth one now? I think so. Then you have to have Liga Portugal in there. Yeah. 
I mean, there's so many leagues. It would have to get televised first, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure, yeah. And then Cristiano came out and said that Saudi League is better than the MLS. And from what I've seen, that's not a true statement. It might be, you know, if you spend $17 billion on players, it might be. Uh, Both statements were given out of context as far as they weren't the questions that were asked. He just came out and said that on his own. Could Saudi Arabia be a bigger league than the MLS? I think it could, yeah. I mean, obviously they they have the money to try to make it a bigger league than the MLS. I would argue they have bigger names, bigger stars in the Saudi league than in MLS. Whether that play is up to MLS, you know, I I don't know. I've only watched a handful of Saudi games. I've watched this many. Yeah, I mean, preseason friendly. (laughs) So and so where it's tough is you have these teams buying these big names and you get two or three in there. But then if the rest of the players are shit. Who cares, you know? Yeah, exactly. Versus the same thing in the MLS, though. Well, at least in the MLS, I would say they got a lot of influence from South America, Central America, Mexico. There's a lot of players coming from those countries into MLS. And those are very good players. And so I guess that's where I would say, no, it's not better than MLS. Do I think it could be? Yes. Again, I I mentioned if they can get a youth system, get some quality Saudi Arabian players, and if they can get some quality coaches and start building that culture and kind of community around football, then absolutely they could be bigger than MLS and they could be a top five league in the world. Will that happen in the next five years? Probably not. I think you're looking closer to 15, 20 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's if this thing doesn't fold and, you know, they all of a sudden decide, okay, we don't want to put the money into it anymore. Well, then you're not going to get these big name stars. You're not going to get people wanting to watch unless you can, you know, get some stars that come from the Saudi Arabian League from Saudi Arabia. I mean, they made a big statement. They beat Argentina at the World Cup. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, I can't name any Saudi Arabian players off the top of my head. Me neither. I mean, if I looked at their squad, I'd probably say, oh, yeah, I, I recognize one or two names. And so I think that's where, where they really need to grow is more internally in the country while almost simultaneously kind of getting these stars to keep people interested in the league. Yeah. I mean, it brings me to my next question, which is at what point, you know, of spending these $17 billion on players, at what point does it become, okay, is this even profitable? Well, I don't think they care if it's profitable right now. (laughs) Hemorrhaging money. But at what point does it have to be that? You're going to have to ask Saudi Arabia, man, (laughs) to see how much willing they're willing to, I don't want to say flush down the toilet, but how much money they're just willing to spend to do this, to get this league up and running. Is this that important to Saudi Arabia, I guess? You know, I I don't know. That's, That's up to... I mean, it's owned by the state, a lot of those teams. Yeah. So you'd have to ask Funded those guys. Funded by the government of Saudi Arabia. So, And, you know, as far as Ronaldo being sour or wanting the attention, I, I think you're looking into that a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're going to compare Messi and Ronaldo. They're the two greatest players of this generation. Yeah. And they've always had their comparisons, you know, since they were coming up. 
And so, and, and obviously there's a little bit of comparison, you know, Ronaldo went to Saudi, Messi went to MLS. So you're going to look at the two and, and make comparisons. It's just natural with those two guys. I mean, everyone's always comparing them. Yeah. Uh, it's not a natural thing to do after so many years of all we did was compare them. So as far as him being sour, yeah, I think looking a little too much into that. I, I mean, personally, I just, it, at, at Messi's age, Ronaldo was scoring 18 goals or whatever it was for Manchester United in the Premier League. Yeah. This is true. So I, I don't think Ronaldo will ever be sour. I think he's had a fantastic career for a very long time. And so I, I doubt he's sour at all, collecting his 200 mil or whatever it is. Right. A ridiculous amount of money. And he doesn't need any more. So. And he hasn't done too bad in the Saudi League. I mean, in 16 games last season, he had 14 goals to assist. Not terrible yeah. for a guy who was, what, 38? <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. I just, because of how great Messi and Ronaldo have been over the years, the standard, I mean, we a lot of people do forget, right, that he's 38. The average lifespan of a footballer goes nowhere he's near well 38. Yeah. He is well, well past, past it. Yeah. He is well past it. Messi... Not quite as much, right? Because he's 36, not 38. Ronaldo's closer to 40. Let's not forget that. The only person, only two players I've ever seen play at a top level at 40 are Gigi Buffon and Zlatan. I, I mean, you think about earlier in the show, we talked about David Silva having to retire. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 37. Yeah. When did he leave Man City? Do you remember? Could have been. I couldn't have been more than two or three years ago. Yeah. So he, he left in. Uh, looks like he started the league in the 2020 2021 season. So a couple years. Two or three years. Yeah, three years ago. So. But yeah, I mean, so it, I just for football is a tough game. <laughs> it is. It is, and it puts a lot of wear and tear on your body. We do know that. But Ronaldo's a machine. He's the hardest working player I've ever seen. I will give him that. He works harder than anybody else. He's always in the gym, takes so good care of himself. Got his own personal doctors, his own personal training staff, help him stay as fit as possible for as long as possible. Being in the Saudi Arabian League, you would think, though, of a player of his caliber, playing in it before all of these stars go there, that he would be able to tear up the league a lot more. It's not bad, man. Goals. I, I mean, would say, 16 I mean, goal contributions in 16 games. Pretty good. But also, they didn't win the league. But you also, again, first when you arrived. football is not a single-person sport, man. No, this isn't tennis. Not. This isn't golf. You have to rely on your teammates. And so you have to look at the players around them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. Again, they got to work on that youth system to get those players around these you know, s- superstars that are coming to the league. Because you can't just ask Ronaldo to go out there and say, okay, win us the league. I mean, you can't do that. You can't no. do that on a team sport. No. Well, what I'm saying is before he came in, they were in first place. He came in and they lost the league. That is all I'm saying. It's just an observation. I'm not saying if he was the reason. I just personally thought that he would have had more goal contributions. That's well, it. What happens if Inter-Miami, they're in last place, and then that's where they stay? Are you, are you going to be saying the same thing about Messi? Yeah, probably. Even if he scores 30 goals players, or whatever. Great players make the players around them better. That is my point. 
sometimes you can only do too much, so much. That is true. <laughs> that is true. If players are bad, they're just going to be slightly better, but still bad. So, uh, so on to the next question. What does the arrival of the biggest football phenomenon mean for the MLS as a league? means more popularity man it means growth of the league it means more eyes more viewers more people interested in the games you know that that's what it means mm-hmm. it's to grow does the it, league that's what Messi being here is meant to do does it kind of skyrocket the popularity of football more at a youth level as far as people deciding what sports they want to play is it that big or is it more of just butts and seats eyes on a tv I think short term, it'll be butts and seats, eyes on the TV. Um, you hope long term, though, you know, with this new garnished money that will be coming in. I mean, let's be honest, more money will be coming in. That Then, yes, more can get invested into the youth system and you can get better players. You can grow, get better coaches. You can grow the, you know, from the bottom up, the grassroots, yeah. so to yeah. speak. I mean, the way it should be done, right? That, that is how it should be done, yeah. I mean, you've seen what happens when that's not how you do it and you just go buy big, expensive players. I mean, U.S. tried to do it once before. China tried to do it and Saudi Arabia not work out. Right now. Yeah. Well, as far as the league goes then, what does it mean more for the fans? I mean, they get to see the best player to ever <laughs> kick the ball. <laughs> and all of his divine skill. <laughs> you get to see free kicks and 93rd minute winners. I mean, that's what you get to see. Yeah. I mean, ticket prices. Oh, ticket prices in Miami have gone up over 600%. Stupid. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah. It's crazy. You used Even... to be able to buy a ticket to my inner Miami for 20 bucks. Now, yeah. Good luck getting in for less than 400. Yeah. And, you know, inner Miami is supposed to come to here to Seattle. Have you looked at those ticket prices lately? No. I don't even want to. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you're going to need extra security at every game. I mean, Miami right now is playing in a stadium where fans can just run onto the field. (laughs) They're playing, like, at a park, man. Let's be honest. They're playing, like, like. at a little park with a little bleachers. (laughs) Right? That's what we used to play play at at Starfire. That's what they're playing at. (laughs) I'm like, I've played in bigger stadiums than that. Holy crap. But a team of that, I mean, in Miami, now you have Messi. Their stadium isn't even supposed to open up for another year and a half. They better be working on it double time, man. That's all I can say. Yeah, and I mean, the excitement for every match, it's amplified tenfold. The electricity in the stadium, I mean... Watching that first game that Messi, when he came on, it went nuts. People went nuts. You hope nuts. that maybe when they go abroad, you know, for example, the Sounders, they play in a 60,000 plus seat stadium. Maybe they open up yeah. that top bowl for oh, 100%. For those 100%. games. Maybe they so start guess, moving games into bigger stadiums. I mean, so the NFL I, I, has a lot of really, really big stadiums. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe they can do something like that. You know, I, I don't know. But that that also helps again. Everyone paying this—that's why everyone's paying this messy taxes. So when he yeah. does come to their town, they sell out the stadium. Well, I mean, Messi's debut was already the 
most watched MLS game of all time. That's wild. So it's only going to grow from there. What happens when Inter Miami actually becomes good and they play a good team? Again, what if? What I'm if? not saying it's going to happen. All right. Do fans of the United States even fathom the impact of a player with such a massive following and talent and how much hysteria will essentially follow him to every city he goes to? Football fans will understand, yeah, but the average American, no. Yeah. You're going to need a motorcade for Messi. That's probably what you're <laughs> going to need. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, fans from other countries will come see him because it's less expensive. And the United States, especially Miami, is a you know vacation travel destination. So It's a tur- hot tourism hub for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, they're going to need, you know, better training facilities. They're going to need extra security at the training grounds, the hotels, restaurants, grocery stores. All I hear you saying is Messi's creating jobs over here. Yeah, <laughs> probably it really is. But I, I don't think the general American public is even remotely ready for the hysteria that will be anywhere Messi is. I don't think the general public knows the greatness that is playing in this league now, if I'm being yeah. honest. I, I, I think you are 100% correct with that statement. What do you guys think? Do you think Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia is going to catapult them into a top five league? Do you think the MLS will inevitably become much bigger and better because of Messi being here? What is the impact of Messi? Simple as that. What is the impact of him being in the United States? Let us and, know. And the impact of Ronaldo going to yeah, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Let us know on our Facebook group, Bruce and Banter FC. Get the conversation going. Yes. So, changing gears, Targo. Football is back in England. Is back. back Community back, Shield. Back, back. The annual curtain raiser which is more of a friendly game than it is a competitive match, but there is a trophy. It is on August 6th. Better than a poke in the eye. (laughs) It is better than a poke in the eye. Uh, I would not want to get poked in the eye with the community shield because that looked like it would be painful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, on August 6th, we got Manchester City. Treble winners uh, against Arsenal. Runners up in the Premier League. Thoughts. We'll do predictions at the end. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, Man City, they played a couple matches here preseason. They beat Bayern Munich, lost at Letico. Obviously, wholesale changes. Arsenal, they beat the MLS All Stars. They. Like, lost to Manchester United. They lost to Man United, but then it was it they 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 draw Nuremberg or lose to Nuremberg, something they, like that. They drew against Nuremberg, yeah. And then they just beat Barcelona, which also yeah, how this was that game. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting though. So Arsenal beat Barcelona. Barcelona beats Real Madrid. Real Madrid beat Man United. Man United beat Arsenal. <laughs> first to beat Man United, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. It was just like a whole circle where each team beat mm-hmm. everybody. But I mean, also yeah. it's preseason. You can't look too much into it. 
This is more for fitness than anything. But what you can do is look at how sharp individual players are. Yes, you can. So, Bukayo Saka. Looks sharp. On his preseason. I, I mean, think personally, he looks better than he did last preseason. He looks sharp. He did miss a PK in that Barcelona game. Pish posh. Uh, Leandro Trossard <laughs> looked really good. Yes, I wouldn't does. be surprised if Holy he starts. Urian Timber also looks really good. Gabriel Jesus looks sharp. So, I mean, Arsenal, they look good. We'll see what they can do. Man City, you know, they've lost a couple players in Riyad Mahrez. Big Gundogan roles in that team. They brought yeah. in Kovacic, but they're going to need to replace Mahrez. You know, whether they yeah. can do that before the end of the transfer window, we'll see. I'm guessing they will. So I think that that's going to play a big part. And I do also I th- think the loss of Gundogan is a huge one. Huge. Yeah, I mean, Mahrez and Gundogan were great leaders for that team. I don't know how big of a blow it's going to be losing both of them, but I think Gunavan definitely huge. I think it's going to be a huge miss, and it's going to take him a year or two to get someone like that back at at City. Uh, but I will say Erling Holland might look sharper than he did last year. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, man. He's got a hard worth ethic, that's for he, sure. That man, yeah, Pep came out and said he's fitter, he looks better, He's hungrier than he was last season. And let's not forget, he broke the scoring record. That's scary. Single season. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's scary all in itself. A, a hungrier right. Erling Holland. A hungrier Erling who... Holland. A hungrier Bukayo Saka. Both of them lit up the Premier League last year. I'm very excited for this to get started. So how will Arsenal's new look midfield compare against City's new look midfield? I think I still got to give the edge to City. I mean, you have a Rodri in there, Kevin De Bruyne. I'm still not quite convinced on Kai Havertz in that midfield. And then him being in there, think... I feel like it causes Odegaard to maybe have a different role in that midfield. Yeah, you're they, asking they more, more of, of like either... a, a 10 pivot. I mean, you're asking more than of either Declan Rice or Thomas Partey. Honestly, Do you think wouldn't be Arteta surprised. plays Rice and Partey? I was Odegaard. just about to say, I wouldn't be surprised if for a game against Man City, he plays Partey and Rice and then yeah, yeah Odegaard. Yeah. If you want to win the ball back, you play both of them, and they will get you the ball back. So that's for And sure. if you want to sure up that defense a little. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> uh, I think I th- I'm excited to see Arsenal's new midfield. I mean, granted, it, the only difference should be, in the community, should, the only difference should be is Declan Rice replaces Granit Xhaka. I think that should be the only difference, but I mean, Mikel Arteta is in love with Kai Havertz. I don't know why. I mean, yes, he was amazing for Bayer Leverkusen, but he hasn't been at Bayer Leverkusen for a while. So it's going to take time to get him back to that form. You do you, I wouldn't think he would want to play him. I would see him as a bench player for a little bit here. Yeah. First three, four games. More of an impact sub, bring something different on. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I do think Arsenal closed the gap on Man City somewhat, especially with City losing Gundogan and Mahrez. I think that those are honestly, I think the bigger things than Arsenal buying Rice. Is it because City dropped down a level? I think it's because City dropped down than Arsenal. A little little bit of both. So. Which was my next question. Thank you. If City can sign someone, (laughs) we'll see who they sign. They could sign someone and 
If you're if sudden, you're Pep, do you go for more of a youthful winger, or do you go for somebody who's got more experience that could replace that leadership role that Mara's had? Well, I think I've heard he's looking to do youthful, use yeah. their youth academy, maybe a Cole Palmer or someone. Okay. To use this I mean, season, he's got tremendous potential, Cole Palmer. You could I mean, also play Julian Alvarez out on the right. And so we'll see. I mean, if things aren't going the the way he wants. <laughs> Mid-season, I might see him splash some cash in January. I, I wouldn't be one bit surprised. He's been known to do that. So, have you been convinced by either team's preseasons? That's uh, tough, man, to judge on preseason. I mean, and especially you know, or City have only played a couple games. I, I didn't watch them, so if I'm being honest. Barcelona, though. And Arsenal did look very good against Barcelona. What a game, man. It was. Yeah. What a game to be at. Eight goals. They also had. <laughs> what a second half, too. It was. They also had a couple mistakes, though, man. Some errant passes, some slips, some individual errors. Oda, for the first yeah. goal, Odegaard gave the ball away. Uh, yeah. Ramsdale with some iffy distribution. Holding had a slip, allowed yeah. Barca player in. So, I mean, there's little things like that. But again, preseason, you're mainly working on your fitness. I think I'll honestly judge more off these teams off this Community Shield game than those preseason games. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our predictions. How do you think this game is going to go? Uh, this one's tough. I'm going to go 2-1 to Arsenal. Okay. Now, last time these two played in the Community Shield, Arsenal did win. So... You're on to something. However, I do think that this one will go to penalty kicks. I think this is just going to be how Community Shield normally is. It's two teams treating it like preseason. <laughs> and then whoever wins celebrates at the end. Uh, that's that's really usually, it. That's usually what you do when you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they don't take it that seriously going into the game is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Anyways, I honestly... I'm going to go 2-2 and City win on penalties. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode then, man. It was a fun one. Fun one for sure. Make sure you guys check out our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Bruce and Vanter FC. Of course, don't forget to like, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, YouTube. We appreciate it. Don't forget to check out our Redbubble get the bruise and banter merch you can get these mugs you can get the new messy mania merch it's beautiful if i say so myself it is beautiful on that note thank you guys for listening we love you and as always cheers cheers clean outro thank you